All right, so welcome to the one-to-one. I'm M. Branson, and this is a bi-weekly show that we record in uh, the NFT space around uh, the amazing women and non-binary artists and collectors. We have to have a collector on, but we bring people together to have a chat with me, just a focused space. Um, and today, this week, I'm super happy to have Claudia Pollack here, and I hope I pronounced your name right. Um but yeah, I would love to have you introduce yourself and uh, tell us where you're located, what your pronouns are, things like that. Um, again, I'm M. Branson. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and my pronouns are she, her. So Claudia, please tell us about you. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the invite and for the introduction. Um, my name is Claudia Pollock. I'm a photographer based currently in Toronto. I was born in Kingston, Ontario, which is a few hours away from Toronto, and I've been shooting since as long as I can remember. I mean, my journey is kind of interesting as a photographer in terms of mediums because I very much started out as a digital photographer, just picking up any kind of camera that was available in the house. Um, That was mostly just early digital cameras, which were kind of a little challenging in terms of quality that's for sure but I remember just like picking them up and always playing with them and I remember my dad just like giving me like access to these cameras when I was super young to like photograph the family and so my role kind of shifted in like the family dynamic to be kind of like the family photographer for a bit and I think that's kind of where I I found my love of the camera and then it wasn't until I started studying photography in high school and then on into university that I realized I wanted to explore more of it. I really just wanted to learn about the history of photography, like what photographers um, were currently making work now, uh, what photographers were making work before me. And so I, I began to study analog photography. I had access to my university's dark rooms and their four by five large format cameras. And I started playing around with film. I got really involved with film photography and I fell in love with the process. And looking back on it, comparing it to like early digital photography, it was a lot more challenging and and way more to it. And digital photography just seemed really, really easy. And all of a sudden it kind of just felt like I, I loved the entire process of the analog medium. And I loved taking the photograph Uh, after loading film into this giant camera and then developing the film myself and then going into, you know, the the scanning lab and scanning these images and just like from, from step one along until like step 10, like Mm -hmm. I was very much a part of the entire process and that's really what I loved. And so that's kind of where it started for me. And I've just been shooting different kinds of subject matters. Um, My work is very, very personal, I would say. Um, I tend to shoot scenes that I emotionally resonate with. So if I see something that I feel a kind of emotional impact, I want to preserve it. I want to preserve the memory. And I very much am a romantic person. Like I live life very romantically. And I think I, I see that in my images when I look back on them in my archive is that I, I see these scenes that I'm almost looking for to kind of provide this or capture this like visualization of that day or the feeling I was having and try to capture it as best as I can to kind of preserve that 
that memory and that emotion. So that's kind of me. Uh, that's a bit about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're like, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm like, okay, we're done. Interview over. That's it. Completely yeah. done. Cool. You answered all my questions. Great. No, I, yeah, great. I, have, many, done. I have many questions. Going, going back, like one that came up just as you were chatting about your family and being the family photographer and you were talking about your process and film and things like this. Were you doing all of that family photography on film? No, I, it was all on digital. And I okay. think I just missed the window of being able to take my dad's like, uh, film cameras and shoot with those. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him because he definitely had film cameras, but for some reason I was attracted to the digital cameras. And I think what I liked the most about them was being able to see the image right after I, I photographed it, you know, with like the digital mm -hmm. screen and, and these were like tiny, tiny digital screens. Like these were, were like, I think it was an early Canon camera. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really liked being able to see the scene like right after I captured it and like making sure that, Oh, did I get it? Like, did I get what I wanted? Yeah. And yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah. That instant gratification thing was huge. I remember that transition to my family. Um, Actually, I don't know your age, and I think I might, based on this timing, I think I might be a little bit older because I was definitely more of a, like, had to do the film camera thing to start with and then wait to go to the pharmacy or the drugstore to get it developed type thing. And so when digital cameras came out, um, it was crazy. Like, wow. And I'm sure it was the same for you. Like, just the instant gratification light bulb of what the heck like I don't have to wait for this to develop I get to just look at it right now and see and then change change it real time and iterate on it that's such a powerful tool for a little kid especially in that creative brain that super malleable brain I'm a bit envious mm -hmm. that that was your experience right that it was a bit more digital forward even than and I'm sorry if I'm assuming too much so please correct me if I'm wrong but a little bit no, more digital I think you're right on than, yeah. yeah than analog that's very cool. So you're currently in Toronto. I'm curious, before Toronto, was there before Toronto? Like, w did you, where is your family located? You know, where did you grow up? If you're comfortable. Yeah, so they're, they're in Kingston, which is three hours um, east of Toronto. And they, so my, my parents um, are both Polish, and they immigrated to Canada in the 90s. And then they had me and my sister and they settled in Kingston, which is kind of like it. See, it's still it was kind of like a smallish town vibes when I was growing up there. But now they're definitely like a city, but like a small city, I would say. But it still feels very much like a small town. And it was located right by the water. I say was as in past tense. It still mm -hmm. is located by the water. <laughs> it didn't move. Um, and it, it was like, it was very tiny. And I remember just like everyone knew everybody in this like mm -hmm. small city. Um, I think like 90% of the population um, is white and like still continues to be white. So it was kind of, you can kind of see how that plays out, but it was, yeah, it was kind of stale. And so growing <laughs> up, I definitely was attracted more to the city especially toronto and all like the culture and diversity it offered there and just the amount of like entertainment available and like education and knowledge in a bigger city so i i definitely appreciated growing up in a small city like kingston but i think as i as i grew older i just kind of craved a bit more mm -hmm. and just more connection and i still wanted to be by the water i definitely liked being on lake ontario there but um yeah kingston was definitely interesting yeah no that's 
It's interesting because what came to the word that came to mind as I was listening to you describe Kingston and your growing up there was was intimacy, right? And maybe you said that word, I don't know, but intimacy, and then how that relates to your current photos, right? You're that's something that comes across for me. I think in every piece of yours I've seen so far, that they're very intimate moments, um, and that they convey closeness even if the subject is far away, right? And mm-hmm. I'm very curious how much of that um, experience growing up, you know, whether it was good or bad, you know, however you want to spin it. It's, I could look at that as being a very sweet thing, (laughs) but I also had a very different type of upbringing, but I'm rambling. What I'm trying to get to is I'm curious how much you think now Kingston uh, childhood plays into that intimacy and what you achieve in your photos now. Yeah, that's a really great question and something I, I've thought a little bit about, but not too hard on. Um, I think that whenever like I thought of living in Kingston or when I when I did live there, there was always like this little part of me that like didn't feel comfortable staying in one spot for like too long. And so I remember like I lived there my whole life. Like it was like I think we moved when I was a kid, like once like I remember growing up and my and like being in a small apartment and then my parents like you know bought a home in like suburbia and I grew up there and like the the constraints of like the suburban environment just like didn't really sit well with me and it it felt very structured very cookie cutter and so that always it, it didn't sit right with me in a way that I kind of wanted more of like an organic place to live and I mean I I kind of laugh as I say that because I live in like a big city now and it's like is it much better but like yeah I I, something about the suburban environment I felt kind of like trapped a lot of the time and so I think with my photographs I think there's like this this softness to them and that intimacy that you're talking about but kind of in a way that I wanted to document a more comfortable experience kind of living in that environment was you know, maybe if, if I ever felt uncomfortable living in like this suburban dynamic or this like small city, the photographs that, that I took were the moments that I, that I felt comfortable, comfortable or felt fine, or like wanted to capture a moment where I I wanted to convey this, this comfort for my own like sanity in a way, you know? Yeah. 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 That's helpful. Thank you for describing it a bit further. Cause I don't know that I actually got the suburban uh aspect of it to start with it sounded a bit more um I don't know if quaint is the best word for it (laughs) and suburban can be quaint (laughs) but yeah yeah, it sounded it sounded more like um in in the space of being amongst nature but suburban is very different so that's helpful for me paints a a different picture Mm -hmm. so yeah before we get much further into this, I need to know if we were in person right now, because I'm having a beverage, if we were in person right now and I could buy you a beverage, what would you order? Like, What would be the thing that you would get? I would definitely ask for a London Fog. That is like <laughs> my favorite drink. And it's so funny because I had never tried one until the first year um, at university and one of my close friends, Haley, she like bought me one. She's like, you have to try this drink. Like you have to try this. 
And then I just like drank it that one day. And then I just like fell in love with it. Like the Earl Grey, like the lavender, the vanilla, it's just so good. It's like a little dessert in a cup. Yeah. And so now whenever like I, I go out and just like want to treat myself, like the London fog is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good to know. I, I very much hope that an in-person meeting happens and it's always nice to know like what, what you can get that person say. Say thanks. Yeah. So that's rad. Yeah, I agree. London fog is um, it blew my mind as well. I wasn't really a tea drinker growing up. Um, kind of came to it in the college years as well, and was like, "What? What is this?" Uh, yeah. But yeah. Like I'm, I'm definitely a coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Like I will choose coffee ninety percent of the time over tea. But there's just something about the London fog that just like it isn't even like tea to me. Like it's something completely different. Like on another level. Like I love it. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Yeah, I'm also a coffee drinker. I'm doing sparkling water right now. But um, I had I had something, a cousin to a London Fog today called um, a Golden Light is the name of it. But it's a turmeric-based herbal steamed latte from Smith Tea here in Portland. And wow, it was, it's so good. I mean, it's hot as heck here right now, but it was still like very soothing and amazing. So we're on the same wavelength. Maybe maybe I was channeling your London fog uh, before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before it came time. Awesome. So we know when you started taking photos, like you were young, you know, being the family photographer. Have you stopped since then? Was there ever a moment when you weren't taking photos? Or has it just been nonstop since inception? It's been nonstop, like genuinely. I, I remember... Last year, I found like a roll of film that was in like one of our old uh, like film cameras in my in my family's house, and it hadn't been developed. Like it was kind of like the last roll. Like I feel like it was the very last roll before my family kind of like retired film permanently and like went onto their digital cameras. And so I developed it many years later. And this roll was from two thousand and nine, and it was like a family trip to uh, Calgary, um, Alberta, and it's it's my dad like taking photos, and it's they're his images and I was laughing to myself because all the photos of me I'm holding the other camera like there's there's me as like a child and I'm like holding the other one and I'm like taking photos and so that's when it hit me that like I've always had a camera in my hands and I don't ever like I don't know if that was ever like a conscious decision but that's kind of how I've lived life like everywhere I go I always take the camera with me like I was I was just out yesterday at a bar and I had the Hasselblad like over my shoulder <laughs> and like I carry it like like an accessory like a purse almost like it's almost like this like an extension of me you know and that's kind of always how it's been like I've never it feels weird to go outside without a camera like I mean I feel like in today's age we all have a camera on us with our cell phones but there's me kind of just like dragging along my heavy medium format camera everywhere. And that's just kind of how it's always been. Yeah. That was my, my question was like, nowadays, do you, do you trade it out for your phone camera? Do you, do you use a phone camera or are you just consistently in that format and that medium format? I use the phone camera in a different way. And I actually upgraded from like my old iPhone six to a Google pixel three because the camera was amazing. And my partner actually um, kind of sold me on the Google Pixel because it looked it looked so good and the images were so good. And what I've been doing with my phone camera is taking like still videos in a way that is, is like an image. So 
the Pixel 3 has a really great like stability feature. Like it's got like it's it's right in the hardware instead of the software. It's like there's a stability function. So it, mm. you can just hold it with your hand and you'll get like the cleanest, like most still video. And so what I do is if I see like like a waterfall, for example, or maybe the way like light is passing through the leaves of a tree onto like this brick, I'll just like hold my phone very still and just take like a still video for like 10 seconds and then I then I stop recording and that way I get the audio too and I just have this like huge collection in my google photos of I think three years worth of videos like that <laughs> and I've always thought of like what what should I do with them like maybe now in like this nft world I'm just like maybe I could do something with them but like I don't know I I don't really know where they fit other than it's it's kind of like similar to how I shoot with film. It's just trying to preserve that memory and like that feeling and like the light and something about it. That's so romantic to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you say romantic. I was curious too, if there are meditations for you in some way or mindfulness. I know we've been a part of some spaces where you're talking about mindfulness and especially related to technology, things like this. Would you say that those captures of those moments relate to that? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like I, my whole experience is like transformed into this, like almost like another dimension. Like it's, I'm, I'm looking through the screen and I'm looking at the scene in front of me and I just kind of like, I'm not worried about anything except for that one task in that one moment. And so it's definitely a very like mindful experience. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. It resonates. I, I do something similar, but three years worth. Whoa. That's a backlog. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about, uh, yeah, being being a digital artist and the content creation, like, whoa, it's everywhere. You could, you can overdose yeah. on it. And, then, and these, oh. these files are like, they're only 10 seconds long, but they're recorded in like 4K. So they're huge <laughs> files. And so I really have to find a way to like Compress. archive these. Yeah. yeah. You know, like just another hard drive, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel you. For sure. That's that's awesome. I love I love hearing about the the back and forth too and how it complements because I think I've seen you actually do a video of a process behind the scenes, right? I think it was a waterfall photo. I'm I'm failing to remember the name of that um of that image, but there's one that was recent in the last couple months that you did um from a hike, early summer hike and it's a waterfall and um I remember it just still sticks in my mind because it was a great process shot uh of the waterfall going i think there i could be making up it was video it was that vivid for me so if it was not video and i'm making <laughs> up that there was audio i'm sorry um but it was very clear regardless and it was great it's it's fun to see the the duality of the digital yeah. and and um i mean it's all digital but you know what i mean the medium format and then the on the phone everybody has it in their pocket format very cool. So talk to me then about you're spending a lot of time outside. You're a strong advocate for the less screen time as well. I was just mentioning this, right? The mindfulness with technology, or at least being mindfulness of screen time. How would you say or does this impact your art? That's probably a better question. So do you feel that this impacts your photography and your art? I, I definitely think it does in a way that so like I like to think of myself as like an artist and an arts worker and so I kind of have like two brains going on and it's the duality of like how do I spend my time as an artist and then how do I spend my time as like an arts marketer and and marketing my own work or like my friend's work or whatever it may be because 
you know, sometimes I'll, what, what I really like to do on weekends is just not be online whatsoever. Like I like to completely shut down from my phone, from Twitter and just like, you know, take the car, go on a hike or something. And I used to be very good about doing that, but ever since entering this NFT space, it's been so hard. Like mm-hmm. it's, I feel like when I'm not constantly checking Twitter, I'm, I'm like missing out on something, you know, and I, I hate that, like that FOMO that happens that way. Yeah. And so it definitely affects the time that I can shoot because the, the times where I'm shooting is on weekends. And I really love to shoot in the springtime when like, there's lots of lots of blooms and lots of like buds and everything's like growing and like the land is like really like fertile. And I love to shoot during like that season. And then so I only have maybe four or five weekends of blooms before everything kind of like, you know, comes out into like full summertime. And so this spring, especially when I was trying to like really balance between like art making versus like the screen time and being on Twitter and like updating and educating myself about the NFT space. I found that it was a lot harder than it's like ever been before. And I found that I, I missed out on some weekends that I could have been out shooting. And today I was looking through my archive through like um, photos that, I, that I've taken of, of blooms in particular, because I'm kind of, I'm trying to see if I can sort some things out with like different themes and subject matter. And I realized that I didn't get a lot this year. Like I, I missed out. And I think that's, my own fault in kind of like not limiting my, my screen time enough and, and being inside on weekends when I could be shooting, you know, doing like NFT stuff, trying to market my work that's already been minted or trying to educate myself on something. So that, that dynamic is, is really tough sometimes and trying to find that balance is, you know, it's, it's definitely a struggle now. Yeah, that resonates. And don't, don't be too hard on yourself. You're not, <laughs> you're definitely not alone in that. I'm, I think we're a bit uh, two peas in the pod uh, when it comes to yeah trying to take weekends away. I would say I was off of Twitter intentionally away from Facebook, deleted Instagram for like the last couple of years. NFTs drug me back into social media and I'm yeah. still wrestling with that feeling. Um, but the thing that I keep coming back to is I'm having a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. And so I can I see that, right? Like it, that addictive quality is there, but also this connective quality. And that's the thing that I'm constantly weighing. But I feel you. And thanks for being real about it. Because, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's a thing to be aware of, right? And then, yeah, when it comes to content creation, when you get out and you're going and, and you need to capture things to keep your art going, to keep yourself sane in your creation space, the only way to do that is to not be online when it comes to getting out in the world and taking photos. So yeah, I feel you. Um, do you have, do you have anything in mind as far as like how, how to change that? Are you still wrestling with it? Like, are there next steps for you? And like, I'm going to try this thing out to see if it works. I'm trying to wake up earlier. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I'm someone who's like very much more of a, a night person, but recently I've been going to bed at like midnight period. Like I'm, I'm, that's like bedtime for me. And then I kind of like wake up. I mean, I don't wake up too late. Like it's still like, you know, like 9am probably. But if I'm thinking if I could like wake, wake up at like eight in the morning, maybe I could like get some of my work done or the tasks that I want to complete earlier in the morning and then have more time on weekends to go out and be shooting. And so that's something that I've been like really trying hard to work on. 
um, these past few weeks, but it's, it's been so difficult. I'm like someone who like, if, if I don't want to get out of bed, I cannot get out of bed. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. I got to like, maybe like condition myself somehow, give myself a chocolate every time I wake up on time. I don't know. <laughs> and just coffee with the chocolate and just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. No, that's totally fair. That's, um, yeah, I feel you. That's been my approach of late as well. And I think that's the only way I've been able to balance this new influx of creativity and really learning. You mentioned this earlier, right? Like all of the links, the deep dives into the tech space to learning everything there is to learn about contracts, for example, or like where to mint this new platform or yeah, it can be exhausting. It can be a lot, but yeah, doing it in the morning. I'm a morning person, luckily. So yeah, waking up early, doing that before work allows me to to balance it a bit but man it's not easy so keep (laughs) keep working on it um and yeah chocolate if you need to do chocolate no shame in that yeah (laughs) it works I have like this little like jar of like Bailey's chocolates like right by my bed and like I haven't touched them but they're there for when I like want a snack so like maybe I just got a snack on them in the morning (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious this is not like list of things that I did not expect to talk about during this call. Yeah. Bailey's chocolate <laughs> by the bed that you'll be snacking on in the morning. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> um, yeah. I I found that I have to put my phone outside of my room. Like I have that rule anyway. I'm not allowed to have my phone in the room, like especially at night, maybe on the weekend reading an article or something. But anyway, not to get too much into Megan's weird, weird things. Um, but I put the phone out in the living room and have the the alarm goes off otherwise I won't get out of bed so I totally feel Mm -hmm. you like I have to go out and open the door because the thing is screaming so yeah good good luck um (laughs) don't eat too much chocolate though like save your save yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk a bit about how you I'm actually curious around you know title as artist um title as photographer this is something that I actually had come up with this I think yesterday in the space right we're always trying to like put things in boxes something I I explored in a previous series of like humans want to label things but I'm very Mm -hmm. very curious um do you put yourself in a box (laughs) when it comes to that do you do you play into that artist like photography as uh what am I trying to say I've heard there are some people who are like, I'm a photographer, I'm not an artist, or I'm an artist, photography is art. Do you have a stake in that game, in opinion? Yeah, totally. I actually kind of box myself on purpose, and it's kind of part of my like little elevator pitch, I like to call it. Um, and I, I mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but it's like I always see myself and I will always see myself as an artist and arts worker. So I say artist over photographer because to me, the art that I make now and will continue to make, I, I want it to exist and be more than just outside of the camera in case it ever evolves to be that. You know, I, I used to call myself just a photographer back when I was working more commercially. There was a period of time where I did stuff like weddings and birthday parties and event photography. And that was like photography for the purpose of business and as a service. But now I, I label myself as an artist. And even though my, my main medium and tool is the camera, it's no longer for that commercial or business or service purpose. It's now for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the most important distinction that I can make. 
And I add arts worker as well, because I'm someone who in, in my life and whatever I do, I want to dedicate as much time to servicing the arts um, as much as I do my own arts practice. So, you know, if that's, it used to be working at uh, museums and galleries, but now it's kind of evolved to working on things in the NFT space, like um, ephemera, minted mag, you know, doing these spaces. Uh, I see Dre in the room, like doing these mental health spaces. It's like, I very much love to be like a custodian of the arts. And so in any way that I can dedicate time to supporting the culture, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's, that's how I like to like box myself in if I'm, if I'm labeling myself. Nice. Hell yeah. That's like, woohoo. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I have your ephemera profile actually open and, and I was noticing that before we jumped on our call here about um yeah, your MA is in arts management and leadership and I was like for me light bulb. I, I know I've read this before, but I was like, Yeah, duh, of course she does. Of course Claudia is rocking <laughs> rocking a master's in arts management and leadership. That's that's rad. Um I love it. It totally comes through. And yeah, being a custodian of of art, that's a really wonderful way to put it. So yeah, thanks for thanks for breaking that down for us. I I'm a bit in that I, not a bit. I'm in that camp as well. Of you know, art is art. There are different mediums. Uh, you can dabble in as many as you freaking want. You know, have fun. Mm -hmm. Don't box yourself in unless you want to. Like if that's your bag, go for it. But definitely mm -hmm. don't let other people do that. Um, that's wonderful. Can you on that kind of that line then? Can you describe your art to us? Do you have a way in your head that you say? Um, you speak about your series or you speak about art that you collect. Do you collect art? Many questions there. Pick your favorite. Yeah. So the art that I'll start with the art that I make. So um, it's, it's usually analog photography uh, in camera. I, I find myself looking at subject matter. That's a bit more introspective. If there's a narrative I find that I can relate to that day, or if you know something it's, maybe it's about how I'm feeling emotionally that day or a scene that I see that like really resonates with me or is like a visual metaphor for something that I'm experiencing. That's the stuff that I like to capture and like preserve as a memory. And I, I often find like whenever I, I speak to people about my work, they, the, the word that comes up a lot is, Oh, it's very soft. Like there's kind of like a, a beauty to it. And I never really noticed that in the beginning, but I think I purposefully use the softness as a way of like um, trying to convey comfort or like familiarity or like we were talking about intimacy earlier. And mm -hmm. so those are definitely things that I find myself feeling when I'm photographing and looking through my images and editing them, et cetera. And the work that I would like to collect and I haven't collected a lot of work um, but I would like to as I continue to kind of grow and build in this space I would like to collect a lot of photography and um, I'm very interested and attracted to like conceptual fine art photography and I've I've collected a few um, I've collected some of Sav's work uh, Maria but sometimes I will you know, approach my friends, th these pals that I've, I've gone to um, school with, you know, in university, and I'll say, hey, like, did you ever hear about like, you know, NFTs? Like, if you want to get into this, like, let me 
buy one of your works, you know, as kind of like a starting point. And so I've approached some people about that and some are really into it and some are like really confused, but like I'm here trying (laughs) to like help them along. Like ideally I would just love to have like a collection of like photography. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, sorry, my mind is bouncing around. I do this. This is, this interview <laughs> practice is something, you know, you're, you're, you're a kind, gracious guest because you're helping me practice as well. So thank you for your patience with my stumbling along. I'm very excited by what I just heard. So there's elements there that I want to get into around bringing other people in NFTs and also how you got into NFTs. But going back to this word soft or intimate even, it's really interesting soft has such a different connotation for me than intimate you know intimate Mm -hmm. actually maybe it's my own personal I don't know let's not get into psychology but intimate actually (laughs) has like has kind of like a pointed um focus to it right whereas soft is a bit more like open-ended ethereal feeling at least for me and to hear if you had to pick a word out of you said a few others in there is there a word I don't want I don't want to force you to pigeonhole yourself, but I just I like to make sure that I'm advocating for your art also in the mm-hmm. way that you would self-describe it. So, do you have a favorite word, I guess? To yeah. Describe it? I mean, if you asked me a week ago, it would probably be familiar. Um this week I've been thinking more along the lines of like romantic. Like mm-hmm. there's like this romanticism that kind of exists in my photography that's kind of like this this ideal that's like very like comforting and just like warm and almost like attractive and I, I like that and I've just been finding that more and more as I go through like my archive of images. So I think I think the word that I would kind of describe it right now is romantic. You've only said that word like ten times already. So yeah. I know. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> you think you think I would have picked up on that. No, that's that's brilliant. Thank you for, for going into that. And also while you're describing romantic and cozy and comforting and things like that, I was like, so London fog? Like you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Your art as a drink is London fog. Check. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for that. So let's go back into, let's go into NFTs then. Um, have you, have you brought any friends to NFTs successfully or are they still all just kind of on the fringe or kind of like straddling the line of, eh? yeah. I, I almost did. Um, I mean, one friend participated in like, like an NFT contest a while back. Cause I was like so into it um, and very much into getting them involved and, they they didn't like they weren't a finalist or they didn't win or anything so maybe that wasn't like the best way to get them involved because it might have discouraged them but that was you know their own choice they were like oh yeah I saw this like contest thing to like cover like my gas fee for like my first mint and you know in theory that's a great way to go but then if like you don't find success in that specific um, way to try and enter the space and you might get discouraged so yeah. yeah there's right now it's it's interesting because there's a lot of confusion around nfts and i think like in order to get our friends into it i think like one we have to be great friends and tell them all the great things and all the bad things about the space and be very real Mm -hmm. about it with them but also like the onboarding process is not a user-friendly experience (laughs) and it's something that you know like downloading metamask and like how to get your first bit of ethereum and like you know if you're trying to like mint on like tezos like how do you do that it's like 
there's it's a mountain of of information and knowledge and like trying to sit someone down and explain this all to them and like you know you can even get past that part but then there's also kind of like the more conceptual questions about like okay like ownership and like you know then there's the copyright question like what does this mean to me and like what does this mean for my work if you know someone is kind of holding it as this like financial instrument so there's a lot of there's a lot of questions and I've, I've gotten all of them from my friends but I kind of you know I, the one thing I, I always tell them is just like you kind of have to play it by ear and like take it day by day and ultimately just like make sure you're comfortable with everything you know um, and so I haven't successfully onboarded anybody yet, but I'm hoping I will soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You bring up some really great points there. The, the usability of the experience is a nightmare a bit. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's scary. Like to be totally honest, like there's so many moments for myself even that was like, Oh God, am I doing this right? Am I gonna, am I just gonna break something? Am I just gonna lose a ton of money? I mean, and yeah, that does happen, right? Like gas fees. Mm -hmm stuff doesn't go through and trying to tell somebody that you care about that that's a potential risk is um it's tough you know trying to, mm -hmm. to convey that and be like I really care about you you might lose money but you should totally do this yes. <laughs> it can be hard it can be a hard sell um but yeah I do I do I do believe in it obviously we're here I think it's a good a good thing to dig into and to try out um my partner actually just got onto Penn this week, you know, officially oh, nice. with Tezos. And so I feel you. Everything you're saying is resonating so much, right? Because mm -hmm. all of these conversations, even we were out grabbing a, um, a, a tea, right? I mentioned that earlier. We're out grabbing a tea today. And it's like, you know, thinking about the anonymity piece or the, the safety aspect of being in this space. And say you do have something that, you know, like a a piece that you collected or like a collectible or something that sells for a lot, you know, and then people can track that wallet and that stuff is all visible. Like this is mm -hmm. a great thing. Decentralization and transparency is a phenomenal thing. It's also can be kind of scary if you're out there as yourself um, in the space and people know how to find you. And yeah, so there's just a lot to think about when you're bringing other people in and to convey and to do it justice, right? Because I don't know about you. It would be really hard to have somebody look look at you and be like, you know, why did you do this to me? <laughs> why did mm -hmm. you make me give up my weekends hiking and taking pictures to be stuck to <laughs> Twitter? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Watching floor prices yeah. for collectible women NFTs. No, that's, mm -hmm. that wasn't my last weekend. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. And yes, it does resonate mm -hmm. and. Also, outside of this, if you ever want to chat about it or, you know, bounce ideas, let me know. Um, it's oh a very God, totally, real yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, great. Um, I'm curious how you found your way to NFTs, though. Can you tell us about your step into the space? Like, how did you get here? Yeah. So, it's it's interesting because the, the angle that I got into NFTs is a story that I haven't really heard anyone else like speak that's like similar to so the way that I got into nfts was I started working in the nft space first before I started minting as like an artist and being kind of like you know a presence uh, or being present in the nft space so 
last year, I had just finished my master's degree um, in arts management and leadership, and I just finished this amazing internship at a museum in Ottawa, and it got cut short by two weeks because of the pandemic, but I still did my thesis on digital marketing strategies for this museum, and my, my goal and my little roadmap for myself was great. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to find a job in a gallery or a museum, and I'm going to go off from there. Like, I was just so confident in that. And then the pandemic hit, and all the galleries and museums closed. And all of a sudden, all these, these job applications that I saw open like a day ago were suddenly taken down, and there were statements coming out about how a lot of these organizations and like artist run centers and not for profits, et cetera, were trying to conserve the employees they had um, and, and the funds that they had rather than opening up new positions and taking new people in during this like really uncertain time. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. And so I, I had just moved back to Toronto because I was staying in Kingston for a bit um, doing my my education there at Queens, the school there. And I, I just moved back to Toronto and I was, you know, living with my partner and, and our two roommates and, you know, seeing them go off to work every morning. And I was just kind of sitting in, in our house and like looking for a job and like worrying about funds and being like, oh, my God, I just signed like a 12 month lease. I, I don't have any money. Like I was like freaking out for a little bit and like really kind of panicking because like here I am looking for a job in arts and culture during a pandemic when arts and culture isn't considered an essential activity. And so that's when I found this, this job listing for, it was very vague. It was basically like marketing for digital art marketplace. And I went, that's interesting. Like that's kind of, it aligns very much with what I've just been studying, you know, a few months ago. And I read it over and I saw things like blockchain and crypto art. And I'm just kind of like, what the heck is this? And I didn't understand any of it. And I just applied for it. I was like, well, you know, what's the harm? And I, I get a call a bit later and I, I do like an interview over the phone and I, you know, prior to this interview, I started doing more research and I found things about crypto kitties and I was like, what the heck is this? But, you know, I was learning. And so then I, you know, I talked with the folks there and the team there and everyone was like really fantastic and they explained kind of what they were working on. And, and this was the team at Ephemera. So I ended up getting hired there to do some uh, community and marketing work. And I've been there ever since. But this was in September when I started. And this was before, you know, Ephemera was was live and operating. And I didn't actually start minting any of my own work until January. I took like four months of just researching myself and figuring out what do I want to mint? You know, is photography even belong here? Because back in September 2020, like trying to find photography in the NFT space is like a needle in a haystack. Like there really was not a lot. And so I remember kind of thinking, like, do I have to manipulate my images to look more like 3D or do I have to, like, animate them in some way? And then ultimately, I just kind of put my foot down and I was like, (laughs) no, I'm just I'm just going to because this is going to I'm going to use my full name. Right. Like this is an extension of my artistic career in the NFT space. And so I'm I have to make sure the work that I'm minting is a correct representation of the work that I make as an artist. And so. I ultimately was like, okay, I'm just going to mint my photographs just, you know, raw, just as they are. I'm not going to try to make them look like 3D or digital illustration or anything. And so that's kind of where it went on 
from there. And then I just, and now I, I continue to mint work and I continue to see photography thrive here. And it, it makes me so happy. Like it's a year ago, I would have never thought that like photography would, would be so present in the space right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine I was not, I was not kicking around the space um, at that time. Right. And wow. Yeah. How many crypto kitties do you own? That was the most important thing I took out of that. So (laughs) just kidding. Oh, I I missed that boat years ago. (laughs) I know. Right. Yeah. I remember, I remember being in an office environment with a bunch of developers and looking around and being like, they're like these crypto kitties. I'm like, what the flying, why would somebody spend money on that? And now here I am. Oh my God, here we all are. Um, but yeah, like Mm -hmm. kudos to you for sticking through it, right? Sticking to your, to your art, to what you believe in. And the way that you stated that too, about it being an extension of you, like I'm going to show up as me. I'm going to represent myself and my art the way that I want it to be, irregardless of how uh, things are showing up in the space right now, right? You don't have to animate it. It doesn't have to be illustrated. It doesn't have to be a cartoon. And, you know, it can be whatever the mm-hmm. hell you want. And that's beautiful. That's one of the things that struck me so much about uh, coming upon your profile, your work, as I was entering the space. And I spent a couple months loitering. I definitely lurked uh, before I made my profile <laughs> and <laughs> learned and watched people. And um, yeah, you're somebody that definitely stuck out. Your, your style is, is beautiful. It's very um, elegant and romantic. I, I guess romantic <laughs> is maybe a word I could use. But it you, you seem very authentically you. And I don't use that word lightly. It's actually a word that, ugh, whatever, that's for a whole nother conversation, right? Um, <laughs> but you really, you truly are. And it's, it's beautiful to see. So I want to say thank you because you are being that steward um that you're striving to be at least for me so it's rad it's rad to be talking yeah, oh to my you. god yeah it's cool oh thank you i you're like such a great interviewer and the questions that like you brought up today so far i'm just like whoa like i just it's so introspective i'm like i haven't thought about this in forever but you're just like nailing everything cool, cool. <laughs> thank you that's great feedback you can tell me it sucks too and i'd like to hear that that goes for anybody here I'm totally down to hear how i can improve so let's do it um but back to you, you mentioned Minted Mag. Let's talk about that for a second, too, because that's a huge part of your journey. You and Josh Kerr are stirring some stuff up. Can you tell us about Minted Mag for a sec? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd love to. So a while back, I think like around April or even before that, uh, Josh Kerr and I were kind of talking over DMs and, you know, we're both photographers and we were kind of like, wouldn't it be cool to like do something like a bit more with NFTs and maybe add like a layer of like utility in a way or like, you know, more than just having it up in like an exhibition, for example, because like one of the things that I love about NFTs, like don't get me wrong, is like being able to then go into crypto voxels or Decentraland and like see your work up on like digital display, you know, in these exhibitions and shows. And I love that because it's, it's, it's this whole like community. It's this whole like you're kind of like extending your artistic career by showing off your work in these spaces. And, and I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, like what, what if we did something? And then Josh brought up the idea of like, uh, maybe we do like a showcase, just like an online kind of like magazine where we can just like show off NFT art. And I initially we were just thinking of like having just like a web page, like a, just a browser, but then, you know, Josh is a fantastic graphic designer. And so then we started talking about like zines and zine culture and just like, you know, as two artists, just like throwing some work into like a book and just like making it look nice. And we were like, oh my God, what if we made like a zine? And so we started 
exploring different templates and different designs and thinking about, okay, like, should we open it up to like just photography or like all NFT work? And we decided ultimately that we would accept um, like all sorts of mediums um, as long as it's been minted as an NFT and then, you know, put it in this like interactive PDF. And I can't wait until the first edition is out because it's going to blow your mind. Like it's going to look so good. It's, it's an interactive PDF that's been like minted directly into Hickenlock. Like it looks fantastic. But anyway, so we decided to you know include all all sorts of media and just celebrate nft art you know like this is the community these are the artists these are the people that are making work in this community and is there a way to just like throw that into a book in a curated manner and so that's what we've done with minted mag and the way it works is every month we take in submissions for a new issue and so we're doing issue one this month and the way it works, if you're looking to purchase it, you buy the issue token, which looks like a little stamp. So we're being stamp collectors it's here. So we're good. collecting stamps. I freaked <laughs> out when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. God, this is so good. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And so you, yeah, you collect the stamp. That's basically your, your like proof of purchase so that when the zine is ready, when we've gone through all the submissions and curated the zine, uh, the zine will be airdropped to your Tez wallet um, on Hickenlock. And so that's... So anyone who basically purchased the the issue token, um, the proof of purchase, they will have the zine, the final zine airdropped into the wallet. So every month, ideally, you would have a little stamp to add to your collection and also the zine with like artist work in it. So that's kind of where we're at now. Um, I think there is there's two more days um, that submissions are open. We close submissions on Sunday, this Sunday, and then we get to work curating the zine and then hopefully we'll have a great product by the end of the month to drop into your wallets wow yeah it's um it's blowing my mind because it's it's so smart and it's so needed i think this uh the publication space is just an untapped market um in this world 100 percent. and the fact that you all are doing the you know the pre-purchase right the proof of proof of purchase and airdropping so essentially, like people are getting two assets when they buy, right? You have mm-hmm. this stamp visual and and the zine, a curated zine of all this art and this this moment in time in the space. And yeah, you're just you're hitting so many different um, layers and intersection points of the space with this. It's very cool. Um, when you were, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but when you were talking about it, and getting super hyped and excited, like I wanted to like woo. I wanted to yeah. woo girl and I was like don't hold it in <laughs> calm down yeah but uh, thanks. yeah it's so exciting it's really cool um yeah I can't wait I have a question like a, a technical question and not to put mm-hmm. you on the spot I'm curious like so there's a proof of purchase token and then there's the magazine which essentially is a token as well right how are mm-hmm. you all visualizing resale of this like you know secondary sales of either have you talked about that is there like a if somebody sells their their proof of purchase token do they get access to the zine or like how does that work y'all have thoughts on that yeah so we thought about it a little bit so basically the the proof of purchase token is kind of the main utility of it is buying it before the zine has been released, right? So if someone were to resell the proof of purchase token on secondary, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't guarantee then that they would also get the copy of the zine, right? Because at that point, then it'll be in like someone else's wallet, unless unless they like come up with like a, a deal or something where like they get both, you know, both like whoever's selling it 
right. say if say if I want to sell the proof of purchase token and the zine to a collector, then maybe that way like they are guaranteed both. But the utility of the proof of purchase token is um, it's it's not the same because now the zine has been released, so there's no guarantee that you're going to get the zine unless someone like a collector is buying a bunch of these issue tokens on secondary because they just want the stamp collection you know maybe there's value in having all of all of the issue tokens just as a nice stamp collection you know so we're kind of like letting the market decide and see where it goes in that way um but we mainly wanted the issue token to be that proof of purchase because we really like the idea of like surprising people at the end of the month and being like oh did you forget like we hope not (laughs) because here it is like (laughs) so yeah that's kind of where we where our heads were at yeah no, the whole the whole thing. I was so impressed when I went to the site as well. It's so well done. You're not wrong about Josh being an amazing uh, designer as well. That's that's so wonderful um, to see the thought and and intention that you both have put into this. It's I'm so excited, so excited to see it come out and um, to see it take off because there's just no doubt in my mind. It's exciting and also hats off to you both. It's a ton of work, you know, not to not to gloss over the fact that this is a ton of both of your time um to market it to put it together to curate it to get the submissions all of that so kudos and thank you from all of us for making this happen so exciting mm-hmm. um okay so i want to talk about the future i'm recognizing we're, we're running longer than i intended but i'm not surprised because i thought this might be a fun chat um <laughs> so i want to do some I want to spend some time with some Q&A or at least open up. So anybody who's here, I see you and I'm waving at you actually, not virtually. Thank you for being here. So awesome to have people around listening in. Um, I am recording this and I'll release it later. So if you do want to ask a question, just know that you're going to be stamped in time forever in this recording on the internet. Not to scare you away, but just make sure you're opting into that. Um, before we get to Q&A, feel free to request, though, if you want to be a speaker while we're doing this last little bit here. Um, I would love to hear about where you're headed. You know, we, we've heard about your pieces, your art, your photography, your minted mag work. Um, what's next for you in this space? What are you manifesting for yourself in this space? Yeah, I'm I'm someone who in this space right now, as we're kind of like navigating our journeys, I'm someone who's very adamant on like document everything you do. So if that's like, you know, if your NFT is up in an exhibition in CryptoVoxels, like make sure you're taking screenshots of that. You know, you never know who down down the road, if you ever want to look back on that and see, oh yeah, this is the artist that I was exhibiting next to. And this was that gallery I was in that's now like taken off or something, for example, right? So document everything in the space. And in saying that, as I was kind of thinking about these things, I was like, oh, who is documenting all the people in this space right now? Is there someone kind of like, in a way, sort of taking notes or like visual notes of what's going on? Who are the artists making work in the space right now? Who are the collectors? Who are the people like funding projects or building projects in the space right now? And I, I had this idea of taking screenshots like taking portraits of the people in this space right now and so I'm working on my next project is a bit of a documentary project about the nft space 
And so I just basically opened up a call for anyone who's interested to, you know, book a time with me. We meet over, you know, it used to be Discord. Discord's kind of glitchy for video stuff. So now it's over Zoom. We meet over Zoom. We have a conversation. You know, I ask the participant, like, some questions. We talk about what they do. You know, are they an artist? Are they a collector, et cetera? How did they get into the space? And then, with their permission, of course, I kind of direct them, you know, in their space. Maybe they're in their home, in their office, and take their portrait through a screenshot um, right on the screen. So this is right through Zoom. And, you know, maybe I ask the participant, maybe it's an artist in their studio to go, you know, paint something and point their phone or like screen at themselves. And then I take a screenshot of what they're doing. And then I'm hoping to build this collection of artists, collectors, builders, you know, investors in the space and just have this like documentary series of the people that are making the space what it is now, because I, I just, this is such an exciting part of my life personally. I absolutely love this space. And I just want to remember everyone that I've made a connection with here. And so ideally, I would like to kind of reveal the humanity that exists behind our world of women profile pictures, our crypto punks, et cetera, and just kind of reveal like, hey, we're all people here. Like, we're at the end of the day, like that connection and seeing kind of who is there is fantastic. And, you know, for those who have wanted to stay anonymous, um, we have kind of worked around that. Like I, I was speaking with a collector earlier and we went into Decentraland, for example, and I took a photo of their avatar with my avatar like in Decentraland. Mm -hmm. So the, there's ways we can work around respecting being anonymous, of course, and so ideally, I would just love to have like this collection of portraits of people that are, you know, making moves in the space. And I would love it to be an NFT series of its own. And then with the sale, have the sale and revenue be split into two wallets so that it's not just me making money on this. It also goes to the participant who is just as much an important part of this, this subject. And so it's kind of like a collaborative project in that sense. So I've shot... 11 people so far and I'm booking more appointments with others kind of down the road and that's like my next project right now is just like this documentary project about the NFT space so if you're interested in Branson I would love to include you in this project um yeah I was hoping this yeah, would this yeah. would come up because I hadn't reached out to you about it because I actually wanted to know more about it like I was very keen to see I was like wait she she's not traveling to portrait photo is she doing this through a computer what's happening yes. so yeah that's <laughs> rad no it's so cool I'm such a process mm -hmm. nerd and so that just that just made my day um yeah I'd love to do it let's let's do it anytime we'll figure it out my studio is a bit of a freaking mess right now but we'll figure yeah. it out that's that's real life <laughs> awesome. that is what it is um yeah no that's that's so cool and thank you for doing that because yeah how many times do people watch documentaries and think gosh thank goodness somebody had the wherewithal to film this to ask people questions right so yeah that's that's amazing I can't wait to to see it and watch it unfold and, and participate in it it's so fun so thank you very cool mm -hmm. um I also have to shout out your waterfall picture um it's time after time of course how could I forget that name amazing <laughs> title um but yeah I was talking about that earlier for anybody who's jumped in later uh, I was talking about this picture and the behind the scenes shoot and I just managed to scroll I used that whole 
scroll functionality on the internet <laughs> and it popped right up. So shout out to that piece. It's beautiful. I want to know before we get to Q&A, thank you for people to people who requested more. Feel free to request. We have space. Um, what new releases do you have coming up? Are there any any releases that are out that you want to talk about? I want to make sure we, we shout out what art you have up for sale or will have up for sale. Yeah, totally. I have four more pieces up for sale right now. I've sold 11 total. Um, I have one more on ephemera. Um, and that one is where the lilacs dance. It's just like a landscape of these lilacs um, outside of my hometown, Kingston, Ontario. That region is like really known for its lilacs in the spring. Like there's lilacs everywhere. Like it's nuts. Like the landscape is just purple. Um, so that is still up for sale. And then I have two more pieces on OpenSea that were exhibited with um, Accelerate Art. Uh, that is Claire Silver's initiative. And yeah. so, yeah, they're currently up as well, um, accepting offers. And then I have one experimental piece on Foundation. It's a self-portrait um, piece, and it's kind of, it's, it's very different. It's in grid style. There's four images in the one image, and I'm basically like, impulsively like spraying myself with a hose just to see like the reaction I would get out of myself and it's just kind of like a fun like let's just do this and kind of see how performative it can be and um so it's it's a bit of a different piece of work on foundation there I try to like whenever I choose a different platform to mint work on I try to kind of change it up based on subject matter um so that's kind of what's available right now but currently I am looking into possibly releasing some new work um in additions so I haven't done that before. All my work has been one of ones, and it's it's a, um, a diptych. So there's two images, and there might be you know five editions of each or ten editions of each, and they're very much united. I, I don't want to give anything like too too much away, like or spoil <laughs> it, but it's it's very much like uh, like fire and ice I'll just say that and right. so if if you buy both of them then I will send you an additional nft as like there's utility behind it I don't want to give like too much away but I'm trying something new with these two images and they are uh two photographs that I took with my Hasselblad but at two very different periods of time but as as a diptych together the two of them like they are presented very very well together so I'm looking at additioning them um, separately and then if anyone buys both of them then they get an extra nft with the purchase so that's kind of what i'm looking into right now um, maybe this weekend or earlier next week i'll release more details about that but yeah awesome thank you for for sharing that i had totally forgotten like not actually forgotten because i remember when you put this out the impulse self-portrait that's on foundation I love that. Like, and yeah, <laughs> I'm blown away by your ability to put yourself out there that way because, wow, like, <laughs> you know, being it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to put portrait portraiture up, um, and to put it on a blockchain and to sell it, you know, that's no small thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm blown away by that. Well, well done. Uh, round of applause. But yeah, thank you. And people, go go buy this work, myself included. Let's. Let's get some Claudia one of ones uh, in our collections. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's do some Q and A if you're ready for it. How you feel? Yeah, ready. Cool. And I think Dre, you can request again. I don't know where you went. Maybe you're busy now. That's okay. But come back, ask your question. Um, but we do have Diana here, and Diana, please ask away. Welcome. 
Hi, thank you. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Branson. Uh, I didn't have so much a question, but just more of a comment of how much um, I admire Claudia and everything um, that they do in the space. It's just really amazing. Um, we've met in person, and that was so much fun. And um, I just love the work, the diversity of work that you do, and um, and also all the different projects. So I just uh, wanted to say how much I really enjoy seeing um, everything that, that you do. And I'm always very excited to know what's coming up next because it's always uh, surprising. Um, and uh, to hear your story, how you first started working in the NFT before you actually minted and how like that took like a whole different um, road way than most people. Like I just find it really interesting. Um, the whole just everything that you do. It's really, really great. I also wanted to say I participated um, in Claudia's documenting of uh, NFT people and it was really fun. So I highly encourage um, everyone who wants to, to go for it because I, I really had a good time uh, doing that. Uh, so just a big congratulations to you, Claudia. Thank you. Oh, Diana, thank you. I appreciate you so much. You're so fantastic. <laughs> Diana, thank you so much for being here and for um, coming up to share that. And it's so cool that you're part of that process. That's very fun. So great. Um, Dre, are you here? You ready for a Q&A question, I should say? I'm ready. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Yo, what's up? Um, Branson, that was wild. That was literally before you kind of moved over. You kind of asked my question, but um, I'm going to go little bit farther um claudia did you you know you explained how you got in i actually didn't even know that so that was cool to learn um did you have any foresight intention um of where you might go you know of course we never do but you know i, I myself hope sometimes and i don't know if hope is the right word sometimes as well but um and now versus now, I guess you kind of answered Branson's question, but uh, yeah. So initially, did you have any like, oh, like I might go to like I don't know, you know? Was this like before I entered the NFT space? Is that what you're asking? Like right when you did. Oh, right when I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. It was kind of like an experimental process, I would say, like right when I entered, like I didn't have a long-term plan. It was kind of just like, okay, I'm going to mint some one of ones of my own work and kind of see where that goes. And I didn't expect it to be collected. If, if I'm being quite honest, like I just, to me, it was more significant to participate in the art movement of NFTs and like, okay, this is me minting work on a blockchain. And the historical significance of that was more important to me than selling it. Like something about immortalizing this like analog process of medium format film, you know, then digitizing it and now like immortalizing it on a blockchain. It's like, whoa, you know, like no one would have thought of this like 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? So the thought of that was really interesting to me. So when I started minting work, it was like, okay, I'm experimenting. I'm an artist. This is what we do. We just, you know, have tools thrown at us and we use them to our best ability. And so I wasn't really thinking of any long-term plan when I entered. Um, now I'm kind of thinking more about that. 
but I think I just, I wanted to enter as, as an artist and just experiment with, with the tools that we have in the blockchain space. Yeah, I think that's so cool. You know, I, I, I totally didn't think it would have been this long, you know, starting from February, not knowing anything about crypto. And here we are in August. I can't even believe August. I actually almost wrote July a couple of days ago. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Yeah. But, um, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a significant part of my life now. Like I, I I think every day of like, you know, if I ever wanted to move on from a project that I'm currently working on, I would still be in NFTs and blockchain. You know, I would still be trying to find another opportunity here. Like I just, I have so much love for this space and the people in this space that I think that, you know, I'm, I'm here to stay. (laughs) That's, that's the thing, you know, I think everything is now revolved around NFTs, you know, I think NFTs is now the, the core for everything, and it's just like uh, maneuvering through and like, how are we going to adapt whatever it may be into, like, I think about it with my paintings all the time, like, you know, with um, with the physical and like having it in the space and, you know, and pricing as well, you know, it's it's just such an interesting thing how this has now uh, influenced our whole lives, you know, and it was so unexpected. Um, yeah, pretty grateful. It came in like a freight train, and it's still a freight train, and it probably will be <laughs> for the foreseeable oh, future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dre, thank you for um, for coming up and asking your question. I want to throw that out there one more time. Welcome, Subtle Bubble, who's, who's here now. That's great. Thank you for sh- showing up. Um, any other questions from the audience? Feel free. No pressure. I'm just happy to have people here for Claudia because she's a rock star. This has been so much fun. Um, Claudia, one last question that I have for you. Are you, Have you been to Portland? Would you come to Portland in the future ever? I'm in Portland. I don't know if I said that before. I've been to Toronto. I'm just curious if you know the Pacific Northwest and if meeting in our future is closer than I closer than I expected I I would love to go to Portland actually this is like kind of embarrassing but like when I was younger I was a huge like twilight nerd <laughs> so <laughs> anytime that like that any like Portland or like Forks or kind of like that kind of area like came up I was like I just want to go I just like want to visit like it looks so cool so yeah definitely that's like I totally want to go Okay, yeah. good. We'll make that we'll make that happen at some point. And yeah, I am sure I'll be back in Toronto at some point. I used to to go for work in the before times um, often. So who knows? Maybe it'll happen sooner. But yeah, very mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, let's not talk about Twilight. But there it is. <laughs> You're not alone. I'll say that. Um, subtle, <laughs> subtle bubble. Welcome. Thanks for thanks for coming up. What's your question? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I was curious, since we started talking about blockchain and tech and everything, you don't have to give anything away for any, you know, planned releases, but I'm curious if you as a photographer have any, like, dream or ideal um, way to fractionalize your photography in terms of, like, would you want people to buy portions of it so they can use it for reference and then mint stuff themselves, or, you know, if they buy a larger fraction, they can use it for commercial work, like... Do you have any, I don't know, thoughts on photography and the fractionalization of it? 
Yeah, that's a very fantastic question, actually. Um, the way I look at it is I, I think I want to separate like NFTs for the artist versus like NFTs for like copyright and like rights and like usage. Um, so in, in terms of fractionalizing um, the art, I think that like having, you know, multiple avenues of ownership is, is a great thing, especially when it's like a piece of art. Um, but when it comes down to like usage and rights and like that kind of territory, like there, there is a lot of opportunity there and there is a lot of growth there. It just, it, it comes to the demand. Like, is there a demand for that? Will there be a demand for that? Um, and I feel like that might be something that may be conceptualized as more like, you know, corporations come into the NFT space. I definitely see that happening. Um, but kind of, you know, as artists alone, I feel like it's it's something that we can definitely look out for. I feel like it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Actually, something you mentioned made me think of something where you, you bring up the demand of it. And it's got me thinking maybe it's like almost a market that photographers could tap into. And if they created like a meme or, a you know, historical moment photography, then people would want to join in into that moment in history by fractionalizing i'm sorry it's a random question i'm glad that you took the time to answer it thoughtfully i appreciate you thank you for accepting me in the space branson you always lead the coolest spaces shout out you thank you um, i think you're you were on to something there though that was uh, you didn't have to get yourself off it was fascinating yeah i mean no i love jumping off horses that i kick <laughs> thank you subtle bubble yeah thank you thank you for being here all right, we have been at this for, gosh, almost almost an hour 20. Um, Claudia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me and just having this conversation. I selfishly love learning more about you and how you got here and your photography. Can't wait for the next one. I'm sure this will happen again sometime. But yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And I also wanted to extend the thanks. Like you're such an incredible interviewer and like such a great person in the space and like someone that I want to be friends with very much. So thank you so much for your presence and just being such a great person and hosting these interviews. I, I tune in as much as I can um, when other folks are on. So it was an honor to be here tonight and me being interviewed because I feel like that's something that doesn't happen a lot. Usually I also interview other people. So this is very interesting to kind of be on the flip side of that. So again, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for those kind words. So many thanks. I'm definitely from Portland. You're definitely from Canada because there's a lot of things going on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everybody who's here, thank you, too. This is great. Um, I'm M. Branson, and thank you for joining in. Gosh, let me say thank you again. I'm going to say thank you. Oh, my God. I can't stop. Now it's like <laughs> that in, like, Ted Lasso when he keeps saying the word over and over. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, everybody can leave now. You're safe. Nothing else is going to happen. Um, I'll talk to you soon. And we are definitely friends, Claudia. That's not even a Aww. question. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your Friday or early Saturday if that's happening. And um, we'll talk soon. Cheers. <laughs>